Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. And this is a big secret that nobody really talks about when you have those, you know, the, the open the door, you see them on TV late night, they're selling them. They look great. Yeah. My mom got sucked in. She's like, I want one of those. And I'm like, do they leak? I mean, what's the real true story on those things? They work well, but here's what you have to worry about. One, you know, you've got that door. You need to get a good brand that's going to hold up because yeah, if not, it's going to leak. And usually what they do is they have a a seal there or a seal that inflates kind of once you get in there, it pressurizes itself and locks itself in there. So it's good. So that's one thing. But here's the thing that everybody forgets. You need a power drain. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. York one-stop shop for home improvement. How you doing today, Caroline? Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Good. I thought this is a great topic for us today because we both feel like we're getting older. <laughs> are you saying we're aging in place? Everybody is, right? That's the only constant that moves. We're all just kind of aging at the same rate. It's day by day. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when you have like and I'm feeling it from having a car accident and now having bad shoulders, you feel it and it makes you realize real quickly, like you might need help. Yeah. Yeah. So today it's going to be one of those discussions. I thought this is going to be great because we can talk about it, whether you're not, you're building a new house, you're remodeling, or maybe, you know, you've, you've got grandma moving in or, or you're moving in with grandma or whatever it is, just trying to our help parents. You. Yeah. Our older parents moving in. Oh yeah. You know, and, and these multi-generational households are in right now. A lot of people are doing that to save Very money. popular. Very popular. So one of the things, you know, my parents thought I had, we, I grew up in a house, like a 1972 house that had like seven levels because I had three, you know, three brothers. <laughs> so there's four of us, but they weren't floors. They were levels, you know, where you had the, the half, the, the living room that was down six steps, bedroom that was up nine. They were all kind of offset in a split kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so sure. it wasn't good for my parents aging because we had all these different staircases. We had one, two, three, four, five different sets of stairs in the house. Ouch. So that, that was tough. My bones hurt. That's a lot of climbing. It is. At any age. Yeah. So when my parents sold that house, we designed a house that would help them age in place. And one of the first things we did, which I'm so happy, was we designed the front of the house so there wasn't any stairs. So they could go from the driveway or even the garage right mm -hmm. up in a gentle slope and get in the front door. But not like a ramp. Is it like a ramp? No, you can't even tell. When you go up to the house, it just seems like it's a nice gentle walkway up to the house. It's not mm. that high. You know, the... The garage is only just, 
you know, 10 floor, there's only about 10 inches you have to go down to get that. You know, it's like the difference between your garage floor and your house, you know, that kind of foot that you have there when you step into a garage. It's about that distance. And so you, when you do a winding walkway, you don't even notice it. So hmm. that was a huge one because later on in life, my mom had a walker, my dad had a walker. And mm-hmm. just that there eliminated the worry of steps or having to build some obtrusive ramp up the front that looks like somebody came in and installed or a ramp. That's what I'm a ramp. It always looks like a ramp. And then you say, Oh, I know somebody lives there. You can see it right from the road. People know your business, you know? Well, and I think also, it also, it, it also says, Hey, you know, there might be somebody a little more vulnerable here. here. You might sure. have an old, an old person or somebody that's in their eighties, nineties or older in there that, that, that might be able to not defend themselves correctly. So I think, I think that, that, in some neighborhoods, that's not going to help you. hundred percent. So that's one of the things that I've done that was really cool. And then, you know, when we designed the house, we, we put in three foot doorways in every room. Nice. And that's something you can do when you're remodeling. If you're doing that kitchen remodel, bathroom remodel, try to slide in as big a door as you can. Especially for bathrooms. And then of course, showers too, where you can do a walk-in mm-hmm. on one level. Yeah, that's a big one too. No tubs. Yeah. Well, you can do tubs, but you can do the can, the the more of the the door, you know, the yep, door tubs, the door inside. You know, and yeah. and let's actually talk about that. We're going to jump around today a lot, so bear with us. Here's a couple things when you're dealing with those tubs, and this is a big secret that nobody really talks about when you have those. You know, the the open the door. You see them on TV late night. They're selling them. They look great. Yeah. My mom got sucked in. She's like, I want one of those. And I'm like, do they leak? I mean, what's the real true story on those things? They work well, but here's what you have to worry about. One, you know, you've got that door. You need to get a good brand that's going to hold up because yeah, if not, it's going to leak. And usually what they do is they have a, a, a seal there or a seal that inflates kind of once you get in there, it pressurizes itself and locks itself in there. So it's good. So that's one thing. But here's the thing that everybody forgets you need a power drain and they make them for it. Because here's what happens. Think about taking a bath. You're taking a tub, you're chilling out, you're having a great time and you're like, all right, time to get out. You get out of the tub. Mm. On these, you wait. You can't. So you have to wait for the water to go all the way down the drain. What happens? You're freaking cold. The time that water gets down, you're cold. <laughs> You're shivering. You're shivering. And, and, the, and the walls on these are higher. So because you've got the seat in there, so they get the water in there a little better. So they're taller. So it's even harder to get out of. So the option that you got to get with these things is get the power drain kit. And so what that does is it has a little pump. And so when you hit it, it drains faster. <sighs> yeah. Like a condensate pump. Almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it's almost like that, but it's just, it helps it drain faster. So now you're not waiting like seven minutes for the tub to drain. You're like two minutes. That's a lot better that is situation. That's such a good point. They make it look so good on TV. Never think about that. You'd be shivering, freezing. Oh, you're, you're, you're dying. You're dying. I don't care how warm it is in there, especially if you're older. You know, oh you're getting God. colder easily. It, it just doesn't make sense. You're not going to sit there and what's the blanket next to the tub for? Oh, I got to wait five minutes for the dang thing to drain. So I'm going to wrap up. No, it doesn't work well. So that's one of the things. And then here's another trick too. If you're doing a bathroom model, whether or not, if you think you're going to be there for any length of time, put the blocking in around the bathtub or shower. 
So you have places down the road to put grab bars in. It's just an easy thing. And now we have the luxury of beautiful grab bars. You know, before they looked like a cheap Motel 6 hotel room grab bar, right? Yeah, and then they did. Now you've got stuff that matches the faucet. It's in a, you know, brushed gold. It's got a really cool scushion ring around it. They've got different ones that are that are more like decorative towel racks, but they actually can hold a person. My dad, he when he bought his house, when he retired, that's what he wanted was to have it all like wheelchair accessible mm-hmm. and that he could, in case something happened, he could just be on one level and have big opening door doors and walk-in showers. And it was, it's great. Knockwood. Yeah. And that's smart. He hasn't had to use it. Yeah. But, but you know, time says that he probably will at some point. Right. I mean, that's just, that's mm-hmm. just how it goes. And then one thing, and, and I, I, you know, as my certified kitchen designer, I had to, I had to learn a lot of this stuff and I actually learned it from the lady that kind of designed this stuff for the ADA, ADA Mary Jo Peterson. I actually took a bunch of classes from her. She was kind of the, one of the originals. I've heard of her. She's like famous. Yeah. She's so famous. she was my teacher for this. And, you know, it's one of those things before we go out to break here, I want to talk about, you think about what it takes to turn a wheelchair around in a bathroom. That is five feet. So think about a five foot circle in the middle of that. That's what ADA code is. If you were building an American with Disabilities Act bathroom, you have to have a 60 inch circle that is not obstructed within that. And most bathrooms don't do that. No. And what if you can't afford that? Like, what if you're in like a moderate income and you can't afford to have something like that or, or even have it accessible? You're never going to be able to turn your chair around in there, I guess. You know, and here's the thing. And I'll say this for residential homeowners, for, you know, people living in the house. The cool thing with this is you don't have to meet ADA code. It's not like it's a commercial bathroom where you have to have meet that. You just want to give some space. Now, when we come back, I want to talk about that. Some of the tricks that you can do to give yourself a little bit more room because somebody has to be able to get in there with a with a wheelchair, get over into the toilet and get back out. That's kind of the big thing. Maybe you don't need to be doing circles around there, but let's talk about that. We'll dive into that just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Now, Caroline and I are sitting here talking about, you know, aging in place and and creating a space that's good for maybe now or later, whether or not for people with all different abilities. And uh, Caroline and I were just joking around here about she was visualizing me in the last segment talking (laughs) about having a five foot space for a wheelchair. And I was like, yeah, I used to do that because I had, you know, know, I had my, oh yeah, I had knee surgery, huge knee surgery. So torn ACL. So it was a big, huge deal. And so I was working at a home improvement store. And this is actually what got me into being a kitchen designer 30 years ago is that pushed me into that. And I was in a wheelchair because I got tired of going around in crutches all day at the home improvement store. So I was like, ah, put me in a wheelchair. And they're like, well, you can't be over there selling doors and windows doing that. I'm like, ah, throw me in kitchen design. I'll, I'll design kitchens. And I'd done it Crutches before. are the worst. We were just saying, oh. like, I can't do crutches to save my life. Like, if I try, they're too tall, they're too short. I fall down, I slip on stuff. I'm way better in a wheelchair. Like, forget I, crutches. Uh, I tried to do it, but these were polished and waxed concrete <laughs> floors. <laughs> oh, I was going to get a head injury on top of my oh knee my. problem. 
I got in there like day one. I'm like, yo, no, no. So I literally had a wheelchair in there and I even rented one because it wouldn't work with my knee being out. So I rented a wheelchair that had the right thing for my knee. And I rolled around there for a month in a wheelchair until I could put some weight on it and stuff. And uh, it really opened my eyes up to really needing stuff because I'd go to restaurants or something and I'd be rolling around in the wheelchair. Like I went to, to uh, Reno for hot August nights for a car show during that time. Got on the plane, got around. Great. Went to go to this casino and I had to go to the bathroom. So I had to go down three steps into the floor to go up three steps. And then there was a ramp that went into the bathroom. He had steps get into the area. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like helicopter drop into this floor? Cause there's no ramp. So it was, there was a lot of stuff like that that didn't make sense back then. But really what you want to do is design out a bathroom. If you're trying to plan it ahead where maybe you've got a walker or a wheelchair, at least be able to give some space where maybe you can get extra space between the, the side of the toilet and either the bathtub or shower or the side of the toilet in the vanity. So maybe there's a space there where somebody could roll the wheelchair up and slide over onto the bath, under the toilet. Yeah, at least so, you have some room to do something or yeah, have a helper, you, right? And yeah. they're with you with the wheelchair. Yeah, so creating that space is is really big. And, you know, I was talking about the the access with ramps. One thing that I've learned, and it's cool that I've seen this, when you're getting into this, you know, designing for people with multiple abilities, is elevators are becoming much more affordable for people. It I used to be, expensive. all right, I'm going to spend a half million dollars to put an elevator in. No. I see it a lot more now. Yeah. So really what I do is when people are designing houses and they're like, well, you know, I got the master bedroom on the, on the top floor. I'm, this is going to be my forever home. I would always have them design a closet by the stairs that would go up into the hallway above. And there was a closet on the exact side of things, no utilities, nothing above that. So you now had a place you could cut the floor out and make that into an elevator shaft and put an elevator in. That's smart. So we would design it around a specific elevator spec. So down the road, they had a better chance of putting something in there. At least we designed it for a space. And it just looked like a closet the rest of the time. And, and it wasn't that big a deal. You could go in there and, and put a, and put an elevator in that space and be able to get from the bottom floor to the top floor and be able to do that. What else can you do? Like, so you can do an elevator. You see the chair lifts, right? The, the ones that go up the stairs. What else? Yeah, is- and those are not optimal. I mean, they, they work, but man, they're not pretty. <laughs> like a stool you know? stuck to your banister. Yeah, exactly. They just don't, they just don't look good. You know what? One of the first steps, if we dial it back, one of the first steps that I do is think about bathroom and kitchen faucets. The rule is, can you turn that faucet on with a closed fist? Hmm. So when you look at a single handle faucet, I can turn it on sideways, do that. Where you run into a problem is like the cross handle, right? Mm. Now, if you got that cross handle, I can't do that. So if I've got hand issues or something like that, that's going to take something a lot more effort than if I've got grip or hand issues, I can do it with a closed fist. And with somebody with, you know, a lower level of body control, that can be a big deal just in a faucet handle. 
Well, the toilet seats are too. Like how about the height of a toilet seat? I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Every toilet I've designed for the last probably five years that I've put in have all been comfort taller height. That to me should be the new standard, the new way to go. Yeah. So much easier in the knees. And I know there's people right now that are listening to this that are going, Oh, well, you know, if you look at how the Asians do it over there and you're in, in Asia where, you know, the squatty potty stuff, I get it. I get it what you're saying. But as far as on your knees and somebody having to get up out of a chair over to that, it's just a little bit easier than to be six inches lower. I mean, I'm noticing it now, you know, when I, and I have a lot of damage to my knees. And so when I go to get on a toilet and especially if my knees are acting up that day, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So why not create that of the house that you're in? Right. Yeah. Just make it a little higher. And then the other thing to do too, and we'll, we'll get into kitchen design in the next segment, because that's its own little thing about what you can do within your kitchen. But there's other things that you should be thinking about lighting control as you get older. So think about lighting. So if you're 25 years old, you need half the light to see as the same person that's 60. So to see the same way, to be able to perceive that, the older person needs a lot more light. So you almost have to have, especially in a, in a situation where you've got somebody younger, somebody older, you need to almost have two settings to be able to control the dimming on that. Because for one person, it's going to be too, too bright or too dim or vice versa. That's the same with the thermostat as you get older. You're always cold. Oh, my cold. gosh. Oh, <laughs> that's, that starts out usually spouse to spouse, right? right? Somebody's not happy. <laughs> Then it just gets worse. Like as you're older, you go into every older person. So I'm like, go into, I'm like sweating. I'm like, what temp is it in here? It's like 81. Oh my gosh. Right. It's 81 degrees. <laughs> and you're like, what's going on now? Here's another one too, that we'll talk about before we go out to break. That's important. And this is kind of a really important one too. And we'll talk about the a little bit more as flooring. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about flooring because think about you know, think about when you're at the, it, when you're rolling around in an airport or you're going into a hotel and you're pulling your luggage, right? Mm-hmm. Going across the hard floor, man, you're cruising. You get into a plush carpet. You're like, oh man, I'm dragging this thing. It's hard to roll on that. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, I want to talk about flooring because this is a really big deal and a really important one because you can do something that's too slippery. You can do something mm-hmm. that's too soft. Up there went Caroline. She'll be back in just a second. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it's wow. me on my wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she's out of here. She's got the turbo mode. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to that just as soon as Around the House returns. Around the house show. Caroline just sped back into the studio here. 
Here, there we go. <laughs> well, we've been talking about keeping, you know, designing that home for aging in place or, or you know, maybe grandma's coming to live or, or you've got kids coming into an older adult home. There's a lot of things you can do with this. And we were talking before last break about flooring, and this is a huge one. Because if you're in a wheelchair, they're going to say, have a hard surface floor, like a vinyl floor, or at the most, a commercial office carpet with no pad. Because otherwise, it's too hard to get around. Yeah. You know, just that cheapy office carpet. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. I mean, it it does, because you've got to be able to maneuver. But what I worry about is falling. Mm -hmm. So in my career, I have seen so many of my clients want to put in wood and tile. And so over the age of 65, I kind of lean against it. And most people go, I can't believe you'd recommend carpeting. And I do if you're a fall risk, because I don't want to see you fall on tile. You'll break yeah. a hip. You break and the arm. problem is too, is that, that if they're in, if they're in a wheelchair, right? Tile's a better solution because they're going to be able to get around. And especially if they're in a if they're in a walker, you know what I mean? You could actually push the walker around. Like my mom would have a hard time if she had, she's got tile in most of the place and some of the rooms have carpet in them, but she's got tile. She can get around in the kitchen and in the, in the hallway much easier when she gets in the bedroom because the bedroom, she has a hard time getting around, you know, in her 80s with the carpet. Carpet. Well, I think if you're in a wheelchair, then you're less, I mean, I would think, I would hope you're less of a fall risk because you're not, I worry about people who are like, say 75 and they're walking around all the time and they move too fast and then they're like, hit the tile and then they're done. I've had it happen to my relatives. They've broken their arm in three places, hips. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's crazy. So that's one of the things. And then when you're thinking about tile too, always want to pay attention to that slip coefficient on there. There's a little number on tile. And pay attention to that number. That will tell you what the traction level of that tile is. So you want to have something that's going to, yeah, you want to have something that's got some texture to (laughs) it. How many people out there? Why would you not though? Why would you put in a completely slip, like glossy You know how many people want to put polished marble floors in because they want to make it look like that high-end hotel? Might as well put an ice skating rink down. You're going to eat. I'm going to eat it when it gets wet. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just how you get hurt. So making sure that you've got something that's got some texture to it. It's no different if you were doing an outside tile or something like that. It's really want to make sure you've got that texture to it. So if something gets wet, you don't eat it. And hardwood floors are tough because they're sanded smooth. That's probably one of the worst ones with bare feet. If you've got hardwood floors, bare feet, and a little bit of water, it's like ice. Mm -hmm. So it's something to teach. It's a fall fall risk. risk. It's a fall risk. Fix your fall hazards. So something to consider there. Now, one of the other things that I think is really important is we'll dive into the kitchen here for a minute because this is an important one. And there's different levels within the kitchen. I do not like designing that kitchen that looks like a commercial ADA kitchen with the nine-inch high toe kicks around it. Mm -hmm. It just just looks Mm -hmm. like 1980s ADA to me. So it's not something I like. But these days, there are so many cool technologies for someone who is in a wheelchair that you can have a motorized countertop that moves up and down, including one with a sink or a cooktop, to adjust that to the right height. 
And even like the sensors just for your hands, Mm -hmm. making sure that they have all the cabinetry now where you can have the heavy pots like centrally located for you Mm -hmm. to grab. And there's so much more than we used to have back in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. So now you can literally roll up and and I prefer a cooktop and an oven situation versus a range because with the cooktop, you can roll up and actually get your knees under that when it's designed out correctly. And then you can work within that space and have it down where it's a safe level. Now, the worst appliance that you're going to run into is a microwave in this because that has to be low. That can't be a microwave range hood. That will get somebody hurt. So eliminate that at all costs because you can't use it. If you do, you're reaching so high up to get it that whatever you're pulling out that's warm or hot, you're going to get burned. Yeah. Yeah. How about refrigerators? Are there any issues better, worse, the same? You know, um... I'll be honest, I kind of like some of the French store fridges because I can get up and get into it with the bottom freezer because you can get down and get mm-hmm. the bottom stuff and you can use the bottom like two shelves within the fridge yes. and you've got pretty good access. You know, what I don't like about it is with sometimes with the, with the side-by-sides is that you can have a hard time getting up there because the doors are in the way, right? And so when you open a refrigerator door or the freezer door, you have to really kind of get out of the way with it. If you're just trying to go Mm. into the fridge, it's a little bit easier access. And the door's higher too. So usually you can swing it over your lap or something like that where you can get in and do that if you're in a wheelchair. So I prefer that over those. Now, if you had an unlimited budget, you could go in and do the the built-in fridge towers, like the sub-zeros where you've got – but. I'm not talking about spending $25,000 on refrigerators either, (laughs) but that's, that's a big one. I mean, you can literally change these things. And if you can't afford that, awesome. But that's where you can create like my mom's house. She's living in now my dad's past, but she's got a lowered section in her Island. So we've got the dishwasher at one section. I actually raised her dishwasher up. So she had a, Mm. I raised it up. So it was kind of a raised area. How'd you do that from yeah, the bottom? I bought, uh, put a cabinet in there Does and it- finish it off so it could be higher. Mm-hmm. So there's a little drawer below her. Mm. There's a tiny like six inch drawer front below her, b- below that. Is it higher than everything else on the counter or how did you do that? I towered it. So it's almost like it's a corner that's raised with the top on it. So she's got plants and stuff on it. And then I've got the rest uh-huh. of the, the, the large island down at a lower level. So that way it she's got something that she can cook on. Because my mom's, you know, five foot one. So I need to have something She's down. Like me. She's yeah. Tiny. yeah. She's tiny but the one. problem was my dad at the time when we designed the house, six foot five. So I had to consider I couldn't do the whole house at one size, right? <laughs> wow. It was That's tough. Like hard to you know, do. it's like, all right, we're going to do this <laughs> and we got to do this. So there was this kind of yin and yang thing that I had to, you know, because my dad would go help, you know, or he'd barbecue and the, him a 32 inch high or 30 inch high desk height countertops horrible he couldn't use it wow you never even think it's like an nba basketball player versus like a little tiny cheerleader and you've got to navigate you got you got two different struggles (laughs) there so that's the tough part and and then the other stuff is is you got to start thinking about there's so many other challenges like electrical outlets you now have to go plug in a mixer all the way across the countertop into that. So it's, you know, it's, it's one thing that I do. And if it's always an interesting perspective, if you're going to design a kitchen out or you're doing it as a DIY project, 
grab your office chair, throw it in the room that you're going to design out and think about how you're going to access it. Because if you can't roll around on the office chair and if you can't reach it from the office chair, you might have a problem. Mm. So that's almost the perspective to have when you're dealing with this. A lot to think about. There is. And then, I mean, all of this, but, and then like talk about just safety rules. Like when we can get into all the safety stuff you have to do. Let's do Carbon that. Carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah, let's jump into safety here. And there's a lot that, that, that slides in with you here as well, just on the healthy side of things. And I want to really tackle as well. Now, when we come back, we'll talk about that. And the other thing is too, just think about cabinet hardware too, before, as we go out to break here, you want to have something mm. again that you can get a hand into. Little tiny hard knobs are hard to do, and I want to have a contrasting color. I don't want to have a white knob and a white cabinet because somebody that's with reduced sight isn't going to see it. So contrast is key. All right, we come back. Let's talk about the health and safety side of this and stuff you should be planning out. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kamin from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Caroline and I have been talking about, well, aging in place and all the things you can do. And man, in this one hour, Caroline, we're not going to even, we're going to scratch the surface here, but we hope to be giving you some better information and, and really health, safety, welfare stuff is really key to all this outside of all the cool designing stuff. And you brought up some great points during the break. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about safety tips and things that you have to, besides your design that you need to cover. And so one of that is making sure that all, and this is common sense, but making sure all your monitors, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, you're checking all these kind of things in, a, in an environment. And I usually recommend for older people too, because so like carbon dioxide is something that we don't think about because we breathe out all the time. But if the mm -hmm. environment's not good, like if someone's in assisted living, it can make them really sleepy and groggy more so than your normal sleepy and groggy. So checking air quality exactly. is key. It is. And that's the other thing I want to add on top of that is, is all those monitors. I also think with somebody that's getting older, one of the personal monitors as well, maybe it's the, you know, um, like, yeah, life alert. I'm falling and I can't get up life alert. One of those. Even sometimes as simple as a quiet gift that I'm not going to get one of those. Here's one of the things, right? You're going to give it for grandma. You're not going to get me one of those. I don't need one of those. I'm perfectly fine. Go buy her an Apple watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's going to think it's really cute. But one of the things with the new Apple watches are if it detects a fall, you can set it up. It's in the normal settings. If I'm up on the roof right now and I fall off the roof, and nobody else is home here. I have it set up that if I don't, it's going to start buzzing when it realizes that G force that I felt. Mm. If it notices that, if I don't respond and shut it off, it's calling Julie. That's great. How great is that? So that's the cool part. And you can do that and sneak it past grandma and grandpa 
or whoever you're getting this for, you can sneak it past them because they're just thinking you're getting a cool watch that's very Star Trek. My mom's going to be almost 80 and she got one of the Apple watches. So she, she can call someone. You can actually call from the watch now. So, I mean, it's not greatest yeah. quality, but she could call me and say, Good hey, enough. Caroline, I need help. I'm falling and I can't Come get, get me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's key. And I think the other thing too is, is, you know, usually when you get into these aging in places too, you've got a compromised immune system that kind of goes with getting older. So making sure that you've got that air quality and, and humidity and all the normal stuff that we kind of talk about should be really dialed in. I mean, that's why it's in hospitals, trying to keep things as good as possible for people that are trying to breathe. And then of course, guys, HEPA filtration, anybody over the age 65, I push it all the time. It's like my agenda. It helps you to actually breathe better and prevent disease states from activating. So get a HEPA filter for anyone over the age of 65 and put it in their bedroom. Run it all the time. Absolutely. And that's, that's a big one. I mean, and again, it's just part of that whole preventive, you know, what I call preventive maintenance around the house. You need to do this. And then here's the other part. I noticed this with, with my mom is as they get older, it's harder to maintain stuff around the house. So the maintenance starts to mm-hmm. slide because, you know, I've got to, I've got to help my mom out with some stuff over there. My brothers do some landscaping. I mean, she's getting her lawn mode. It looks good. But all of a sudden when I was over there this last time, I'm like, Ooh, you need to start thinking about what's going on outside because you're used to going out mowing the lawn and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. What's going to happen? Do you have something that's fairly low maintenance that you can hire out to have it done? Because there's going to be a point that it's going to be hard for you to go out and do that. You can tell, like in my neighborhood, when you see the people versus the younger people versus the older, the old, you can tell by a house if there's somebody elderly usually living there. And it's sad because, you know, from a safety standpoint, you're right. If somebody's driving by and senses, hey, this is an easy prey. I can rob this house. There's an older person here. So I think that's a common yeah. problem. And, you know, one of the challenges I learned with having other friends and family, you know, not direct family, but maybe a girl I was dating, her mom or grandma or something like that. One of the toughest things, and this is not really home improvement, but it's something you've got to figure out and they don't make it easy on you. There's going to be a point that someone's not going to be able to drive, right? Mm-hmm. That Those car keys need to get taken away. And more often than not, it takes something bad for somebody to realize that there's a problem. Might be a small accident. Maybe they were into the garage door. Maybe they run the side of the garage down the side of the car, you know what I mean? Or whatever. But these are things you got to do. And I'll tell you what, there's, it's a struggle. Like in the state of Washington, for instance, up here, if my mom was driving, she's not. And I wanted to report her to the state to have them test and check her license. Mm. There's no anonymous way to do it. Really? So she knows it's you. So if you call, all that person has to do is go, I want a freedom of information request. You need to give me that person. And you've been outed. <laughs> so it causes a lot more people to be on the road that, that the family members are going, ah, I told her she shouldn't be driving. I think it. But nobody wants to stick their neck out and do I it. I think it's a key to my aunt lived very long when she lived to 98 and she drove till she was 95. And so what's amazing is that as soon as she got into her, she got in a fender bender, she said, that's it. I'm not driving anymore. She knew her limitation and she did her whole life. And I think it's important, even though we don't want to seem weak or vulnerable, knowing that limitations that we all have as we age, 
makes you, you're going to age more gracefully if you ask for help. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to, and there's, oh, no. I was just going to say, there's so many options out there too, these days, you know, 10 years ago, there wasn't Uber, Uber right. and Lyft, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's it's really easy to to have somebody come pick you up and drop you off at the grocery store. And Doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Call it when you're going through the register and have somebody pick you up and take you home. 100%. And so there's a lot of great options for that these days. And, you know, there's a lot of places too where the maybe the community transit or the, the you know, there's, you know, a dial-a-ride program with many people for seniors in a lot of communities across the United States where you can call up and schedule maybe a doctor's office visit and they'll drop you off door to door. It's just knowing your limitation. We all have to know it and it's going to help you age better. I mean, you're just going to live longer and that's why she lived so long because she was smart. She thought about these yeah. things and said, Hey, I can't do it. I don't, I don't ask for help. Yeah. And, and it's, it's sad because ego very much gets in the way of the loss of control. You know, I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. I think men are, you know? I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, Maybe it's being judgmental, but I feel like men have that pride. You're so strong, you know, and they, they kind of have a harder time than the females a little that. bit. Yeah. I think so. I, I've also seen women that are like, you know, you're not taking that away yeah, from me. I know, I know. And, and I've seen it both ways, but yeah, not everybody, but yeah, men, generally speaking, I'd say that's more often than not the case. There's exceptions to everything out there. Well, but yeah, die that, or that die, happens. you guys. I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, absolutely. So these are things that you should all be kind of considering of how that's all going to work. And, you know, it's one thing to, to get a house that's, you know, if you get that ranch house where you got the property and you could have everything on one level and it's got big hallways, man, you're already halfway there. But it's when you get into more of a city environment where maybe you got two or even three floors. Now you got to start thinking about, okay, for a model, do I either put an elevator in like we talked about or a, or a bedroom on that floor? So you can have access. It's always nice in Florida. One thing about Florida that I do like is they always have a master suite on the first floor. Like that's just a known thing. And they have more ranches and better living for the elderly. So. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's one of those things. It's well planned out. A lot of new homes you'll see on a new home ad master on main, Mm. right? You know, you'll see that. And that's, that's a big deal, but Anything below, you know, 2000, it's pretty rare unless it's a ranch. You know, it's usually living space downstairs, bedrooms upstairs. You know, that's that's more often. And then the other thing you got to think about, too, is bath is basement. If you've got a basement and you've got laundry down there, you've got heating and cooling or <laughs> you've got to be able to think of a place that you can put that where you have access because you don't want to have to put. You know, you're not putting a ramp downstairs. How are you going to get downstairs? And if it's a little tiny old staircase, someone's got to be doing laundry for you, or you need to figure out a way to move that upstairs into a closet. Laundry is always like, I really like it on the first floor. When I look at a house and I see it in the basement, I'm like, is there somewhere to put it upstairs? Yeah. I would much rather see it on the second floor in the bedrooms than I would in the basement. Mm -hmm. It's so much closer and laundry is so much quieter than it used to be as well. And I mean, you could build them now and you don't have to worry about it. You can make it where they're, they're quiet. They're, you know, they're not shaking the whole thing. And again, it's something that you've got to think about. And it's, I don't like adding any more moisture than I can in a, in a damp basement with laundry and, and laundry will always add some moisture to that space. Oh, a hundred percent. And then you- even more so if you've got the top, lo- the top load machines, just cause you've, there's no seal there. It's just water splashing around. Right? Oh yeah. It's just- they get moldy faster. Mm-hmm. You don't have humidity control down there. Your, your laundry, if you leave it in and you leave it in a basement, that's dank. Your laundry is going to smell dank. Picks up everything in the air that's down there. 
And that's it. All right, Caroline, I hear the music in the background. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the House. The house. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.